Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Dobry večer and welcome to the Bohemian Podcast with Pete Coleman and Travis Dowe. Good evening from Prague. Welcome to the Bohemian Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Coleman. And I'm Travis Dowe from the History of Alchemy Podcast. In our continuing destination series on the Bohemian Podcast, we turn our attention not to a town or to a city this evening, but to a castle in Central Czech Republic. And that castle is known as Hrivoklat. That's our destination tonight. So now, when travelers come to the Czech Republic, they specifically come to maybe the city of Prague, and they kind of maybe move out a little further afield to see what the Czech Republic and Central Bohemia has to offer. Many of these tourist stops uh, will maybe bring people to the uh, Czech uh, silver mining town of Kutnahora, or the famous Karlstein Castle, both wonderful destinations not far from Prague at all. Really, b- these are great places, but Klovaklat Castle is just like, kind of lost in the mix here. It is an amazing place to go, and it's not far from the capital at all, maybe a 35-45 minute drive. You can access it by train, you can access it by tour bus, or by car, but it is really a, a destination that really should not be missed. It is the one of the oldest castles in all of Bohemia. And mm-hmm. the reason why it kind of takes a, a second second uh, stepchild sort of viewpoint to maybe Karlstein Castle, of course, Prague Castle, St. Vitus Cathedral, is because it's in the middle of nowhere. And there's a reason for that. There is discussion at one time or another that Wenceslaus the, the first built this uh, built the foundation for this castle. Now, uh, his son, Prince Ottokar at the time, Prince Ottokar II, built upon this castle. It was a strategic uh, message to send to the Germanic people that the Bohemians were here to stay. And Wenceslaus I would build several of these mountaintop uh, castles throughout, throughout the western part of Bohemia to kind of just serve notice that this is uh, the Bohemian lands. That really didn't get to see to fruition to a lot of those castles for Wenceslaus I. However, Prince Ottokar II really made it happen. And he went through and really brought up the, uh, the foundations of what we know as, as probably the heyday, the golden era of, of what it meant to be Bohemian, before he was killed, of course, and, and the Habsburgs came into play. But uh, Ottokar II uh, put this basically together, and you can see when you, when you go that you are at, in the, really in the middle of this wooded area. Where there's a one little small river that goes through. It is really an, an amazing sight to see this. And I know, Travis, you've probably have seen pictures of this. It's got a pretty large tower that, that really uh, makes the picture pretty pretty uh, throughout, throughout the valley. 
But I think what's amazing about this is its history. It's just thick with history. People like Charles IV, uh, the, the Holy Roman Emperor, he was actually banished here at one point. If I, I can actually use the word banished. Him and his, and his young wife were actually sent here by his father, John of Luxembourg, to kind of be put out of the way. We'll get that to that a little later in the podcast tonight. But the reason why we're really putting this as a destination is because it gets put under the radar, and I think it would behoove you if you're a castle nut and you love castles, uh, or if you just really want to get a real feel of what a real castle looks like, then uh, you need to go to, to see Crevaclat and uh, uh, spend a good afternoon there. It is the oldest castle of the Bohemian kings. Um, so it's, it's also one of the oldest castles, but there, there might be older ones that are fr from nobility and, and uh, you know, some other powerful families, but uh, like the royal castle, this is the oldest one in Bohemia. So Krivoklat was founded in the 12th century and be belonged to, you know, like you said, it was started by Wenceslav I, and then um, during the reign of Tremysil Otokar II. So that's when it really became this monumental thing that you think of. But um, Wenceslav IV, he enlarged it even more, later made even bigger by, by Vladislav of Yagelon. Then at some point the camp, the castle was damaged by fire. Actually, this you know happened over and over again, and then it was turned into a harsh prison. So basically, the whole thing turned into a, a nasty kind of dungeon, and it wasn't kept up very well, and you know kind of deteriorated over time. And there's some interesting stories of you know who was kept there and why. But during the 19th century, the family of Fürstenbeck became the owners, and then they had it reconstructed after a fire in 1826. So about the prison thing, well, tell us yeah, one of the let's, stories. Let, let's go with the emotional prison that I want to yeah. talk about with this. Again, we mentioned that this is kind of in the middle of nowhere. At the time, probably would have taken you a, a day and some change, maybe a day and a half to take a cart or a horse from Prague to get out there. Today, it takes you know 35 minutes, 40 minutes of a drive. Take you back to the time of uh, John of Luxembourg. Uh, he was also known as John the Blind. He was, was ruling the area. He was not Bohemian. But uh, he had a very, very famous son. When uh, Charles IV was uh, a, a young fella, he was brought up in, in Paris. He, he, he was given the best education in Paris. He was taught to, to speak and read Latin, French. He knew a little bit of German, of course. He spoke uh, a variety of languages. He knew about the law. He knew about architecture. He was a Renaissance man. He decided, while still a prince, that he was going to be sent, he was going to, be sent to Bohemia to kind of clean things up. Really, Bohemia was a backwater. There wasn't much going on here. Uh, Prague was a mess, and it was going to get even worse. There were going to be a couple major fires in, in, in the, uh, uh, at this time, and there were also going to be a, a pretty bad flood. He was going to rebuild the city. As things were getting together, he also uh, was, was wed to um, a very influential uh, woman, by the first name, by the name of Blanche. They were living a very wonderful life, right, in mm -hmm. Prague. Yeah. But the problem was... Dad got a little upset. Someone probably whispered in his ear saying, hey, John, here's the deal. Uh, your son's being very popular. He's doing a lot of good things and, and making uh, Bohemia something to, to be reckoned with. We might think that he's going to usurp you and take over your throne. Yeah, how come you don't see this coming, John the Blind? Right, yeah, yeah. seriously. Maybe that's did, where the name really came from. Did, I make, a, did I make a blind? Well, he did really lose his that, vision. That really was true. But yeah, he was also bad? blind to this. But not. he, he, he didn't, take, <laughs> he didn't want to take it too much into, into this and... and let things happen. So he actually reallocated his son and his wife and said, you're going to go live at Crevaclat Castle in the middle of nowhere. Okay? Mm -hmm. You good with that? 
tough. So here, here's this young, you know, soon-to-be king um, and his wife. Now, his wife has been brought up in the best of the best in Paris. And now she's in the middle of nowhere. It sticks. When you go out there, if you're, if you're from the East Coast, it really looks like the middle of nowhere West Virginia, as beautiful as it is with these rolling hills. But you can you know, not see a person for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me a lot of that area, you know, of the, of the of, not the Blue Ridge, but the Appalachian Mountain chain. And um, she was absolutely miserable. Her, her ladies-in-waiting, you know, couldn't make her happy. They, they, she tried to take long walks and try to enjoy the nature out there. But, you know, Charles knew that his, his, his new wife was not, was not happy, and he wanted to make her happy. He really did love Blanche. Well, what he did is he found out that she really loved to hear the birds, the nightingales that mm-hmm. would come out. And so what he did is he told all his guys, he said, listen, go catch as many nightingales as you can. Pay, pay the local folks that, that have these cages to catch, you know, to catch them and put them in cages. And then we'll release them into this area right next to the castle. And hopefully they stay there and she can enjoy the singing. And they did just that. And they stayed there for years. And there's a path they call the Nightingale Path. It's what, where Blanche used to walk every night. Mm-hmm. And she was able to, to you know, enjoy this time. And she also solidified her relationship with, with her husband that uh, he loved her that much. So that's a nice story about this kind of emotional imprisonment that, uh, that, that Daddy uh, um, John of Luxembourg uh, sent his son in. Uh, of course, things did work out better for Charles IV. Uh, he actually survived the battle um, that uh, his father did not survive, and we have history. You know, we have a, a Holy Roman Emperor, John, uh, Charles IV. So that's one story, but Travis, there's another story. If we can fast forward a little bit, a little bit further along, uh, that deals with this being a real prison for somebody that was somewhat pretty close to to your wheelhouse when we talk about the history of alchemy. Yeah, because this was so. Now this is when it really became a full blown prison, right. right? So now we get into the 17th century, and we're talking about none other than the famous alchemist duo John Dee and Edward Kelly, and this castle, Edward Kelly in particular, right? And uh, we'll do an episode, and I think it'll be both on Bohemican and on both our shows on mm-hmm. history of alchemy. Um, so we don't need to give a whole biography at this point, but but what's interesting is um, Edward Kelly. I would class him under a very convincing charlatan, and um, he is famous for, among many things, um, in inventing this Nokian uh, angelic. Language, you remember that? Yes, right. The angel language. Yeah, I, I bought the dictionary. I have that at home. <laughs> right. These, these these guys were pretty much charlatans, but, right? Is yeah, that we come to that, 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 were, that conclusion? Well, uh, John D. Not so much. In fact, it depends on who you ask. But but John D. was a was a very learned man. They're both very learned men. But um, uh, John D. Much more so. And Edward Kelly possibly even duped John D. Wow. John D. Was convinced that Edward Kelly was the real deal, and. Um, they were living large for a very long time. So, I mean, they were they were known for being in the court of, of Elizabeth back in England, and then um, they were uh, they also visited uh, our favorite Rudolf II several times. But eventually, John Dee went back home and, and ended up in, in Manchester and, and eventually somewhere else in the UK. But Edward Kelly decided to stay, and that might have been a bad idea. Um, he fell out of favor. They kind of stopped believing him and. Um, uh, yeah, well, he basically ended up here. Well, you know, to give you an idea about uh, what this guy was kind of like, um, he was convicted of, of charlatanism, and his ears were cut off. 
Mm-hmm. And he had long hair to cover to cover, make sure that no one could see that he lost his ears, and most likely due to some kind of you know criminal activity. Um, so he kind of weaseled his way into, like you said, Travis, into the uh, uh, court of Rudolph II. He he had he had basically said, "Listen, I can do all these wonderful things, and I can take this." Uh, do you remember this story? He he said, Rudolph II said, "All right, here's the deal. Here is in Pro- in Prague." Um, I want you to make this with your magic and whatever you're going to do. I want you to make this uh, trunk of worthless material into gold. Mm-hmm. And don't leave until you, in, in, until you do it. And by the way, I'm going to make sure that the doors are, are guarded, that nothing's going to be inside. And okay, so he did. So he took his experiments, his alchemy experiments, and, and put things together. And sure enough, the emperor comes in, there's gold there. Yeah. That solidified his his place. He's like, okay, you're you're our guy. Whatever you need. The problem, what really happened was his brother was hidden in the trunk. Oh, with yeah, gold. Okay. Uh-huh. All right, enough gold to fool the king. It wasn't much, but it was enough to uh-huh. say, look what I did. And that's how he smuggled his brother into the room to do this. So he he pulled a fast one. And and as time goes on, you can't recreate this stuff. Mm-hmm. All it meant was that yeah. the patience was running out. Mm-hmm. All right, and it finally did run out, and they sent him off to Krivlikaya Castle to yeah. to be in the dungeon. Well, that's not the end of the story. Mm-hmm. All right, so he's up in this tower. He's is one of the, the not not the biggest tower that you see. That's white with the red roof. That's somewhat of a modern roof to it, uh, even though it looks old. It's it's been put up there, I think, in the early part of the 20th century. Uh, but it's the next parapet over that's made of stone, and as they say, that's where he was. Well. He didn't want to stay there too long. He knew that life was going to you know, end for him if he didn't get out. Well, he put together some bed linens and a few shirts and a few things and made a rope to get out. All right, he sort of ju- he, he kind of got the idea about how far it would be. Yeah, it's a very tall tower. Mm-hmm. All right, he wasn't going to make it. So he hit a lot of bed sheets. Yeah, yeah it wasn't enough. Uh-huh. So what happened was he got halfway down and like, uh oh, and he just dropped. That's some bad math. Right now, that would have probably <laughs> killed a man. Yeah, it didn't kill him. It messed up his legs so bad and broke compound fracture uh, so bad yeah. that it had to be amputated. Uh-huh. So now you got this earless, one-legged dude, <laughs> charlatan. I do remember reading about that. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah you know, walking, yeah. walking around, and he wound up actually surviving that. Mm-hmm. You know, but he he got out. He got out of the dungeon, the castle. He later, of course, died from from his injuries. Uh, but um, you know, that's all there. You know, so so yeah. if you take a tour, you might hear some of that, and probably a little bit more than I, I gave you the cliff note version. Uh, but I think that um, you know, again, this is dripping with history, and I think what I really like seeing in, in my mind's eye is is you know the the Charles the Fourth story for me. You know, um, since he was mm-hmm. so, so influential that he had to spend some some of his time in this place. Uh, you know, you kind of wonder what if these walls could talk. So yeah, yeah, I, I think that uh, it's definitely a great destination for you to do this. Uh, again, the summer months are probably the busier months, but this is open all year long. Uh, it's one of the few castles that you you could actually see at almost any given time. Longer hours in the summer than in the winter. It kind of closes up shop around four o'clock, like most places do in the winter time. Uh, summertime open till about six or seven, depending on if there's nothing going on else yeah. there. If you're a photo nut like I am, and you want to practice your photography in Bohemia while you're here, make a trip. It's yeah. is worth it. So thanks for uh, joining us tonight on the special uh, destination episode of Bohemian Podcast on Krivlaklak Castle. We hope you make the effort to go see it. And uh, Travis and I will be back with you uh, with another destination episode soon. Thanks. Take care. You have been listening to the Bohemian Podcast with Pete Coleman and Travis Doe. 
Visit bohemican.com for more information on this episode, other episodes and much more information about history, traditions and culture in the Czech Republic. Find us on iTunes, subscribe and review and don't forget to rate us. We would love to hear from you. Send comments, ideas and corrections on our comments page on bohemican.com or get in touch via Facebook or Twitter. Tune in to our sister podcast, History of Alchemy, which is also on iTunes or on historyofalchemy.com. Until next time on the Bohemican podcast, thank you for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.